Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Caleb here has come with us uh, since about, well, it's the beginning of last school year. Um, and uh, I, whenever he was deciding on where to go to college, I told him that if he decided to come to Greenville, that I'd meet with him for discipleship. And uh, uh, so we've been, we've been meeting for now a year and a, well, not quite a year, not quite a year and a half. Uh, anyway, um, as I said, uh, I, I believe, I've said this before, I believe that a church ought to have more than one pastor. Um, not just one guy who's, who's running everything, but a church needs to have a plurality of pastors helping, keeping one another accountable. Otherwise, you, you, it's easy to kind of fall into one guy kind of um, being an authoritarian. And um, Caleb here, he doesn't feel, at least at this point, doesn't feel called to be a vocational pastor, that that would be his, his, uh, the, how he would make his living. But uh, I want to help raise him up so that he can be someone who comes alongside a pastor uh, who's vocational and, and serves alongside and can help carry the load like that. Uh, so that's why we're giving him an opportunity to, to preach tonight, uh, to help him train. Um, and the focus tonight is on God's Word. It's not on Caleb. That ought to take, your, take the, a little bit of the uh, um, um, pressure off. It's on God's Word. We're going to hear from him tonight. So let me pray for you, Caleb, and then uh, I'll turn it over to you. Father, I just thank you so much for uh, bringing Caleb here. And Father, I pray that you would uh, give him boldness. I pray that you would uh, keep his mind clear, help him to, to speak clearly. And uh, Father, I pray that you would, um, you would speak to us uh, as he uh, opens up and explains your word. Uh, I pray that you would... Speak to our hearts, and Lord, that we would see Christ um, as he opens up your word. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we, we pray um, that we would all be an encouragement to, to Caleb tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Good evening. So, Jared already prayed for me. Which I was planning to do, so it made it a little easier on me. Uh, so I guess we'll just dive into Psalm 1. Let's go, go ahead and read it. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So to start, I want to ask a question. How often do you give time to just sit and think on the overwhelming sacrifice of Christ? I think that too often we got, get too caught up in daily affairs and we neglect to give time to the very one who gave us the life that we are too busy living. I think this is exactly what the psalmist is describing in verse 1. The wicked man simply does what he is told as he walks. He follows others along the same path. He listens to the counsel of the wicked. 
and he scoffs at what others see as inferior or different. He does not take time to think upon his actions, but instead he allows himself to be blinded by the world. Yet all the while, he firmly believes that he can see clearly on his own. <clears throat> but the psalmist says that the blessed man, and he makes this contrast here, uh, does not do any of those things. He distinguishes the blessed man as someone who does not associate with the wicked lifestyle of the world. In modern terms, this might look like someone steering clear of what is popular in today's culture. Instead of going with what everybody is focusing on, such as the LGBTQ movement or feminism or abortion, stuff like that, instead look more, just stay away from those things. Or it might be something as small as choosing not to watch an overly explicit movie or TV show with friends. Language, choices, actions, the blessed man is set apart by those things because he uses them differently than what is, quote, normal. But the, the psalmist doesn't stop with what the blessed man shouldn't do. If you look in verse 2, he said, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. It's not just don't do this, and he says also do this. And it's not just some get rid of this one thing that feels great in the moment and everybody loves it and move on to this other dry boring thing he delights in the law of the Lord he contrasts the behavior of the wicked in verse 1 with the behavior of the blessed man in verse 2 the wicked focus on the things of the world but the blessed man uses his time to study God's law So the wicked, as we will also see later, experience joy for a short time, but their joy is temporary and will not last. Then in verse 3, this joy in God's word that the blessed man experienced grounds him, like verse 3 says, like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Now if we break it down, what does a tree get from water next to it? it the water gives it nourishment and allows to grow its roots deep and allows it to sustain itself for years to come. It produces fruit in its season and it's ready and able to take whatever life throws at it as it become, as it, at it because it knows that in the end its leaf will not wither. All these qualities are applied to the blessed man of Psalm 1. God's word sustains him as he goes through the trials of life and it provides him with the fruit or resources necessary to make it through those trials and to come out the other side still standing tall. Not like a beaten and bent tree without leaves during winter time. I mean, we can look outside right now and see those. But instead more like an evergreen that is always green and looks beautiful even through the snow and the trials that go through it, that it goes through. The psalmist says that in whatever he does, he prospers. The blessed man, in whatever he does, he prospers. The, song, the blessed man is relying on the word of the God and his Holy Spirit to guide him. If he were, put, if he were to put his trust in, in anything else, it would go nowhere. But God's, pur God's purpose always prevails. Now in verse 4, the psalmist again makes a contrast. He says, he says, look at this healthy tree. And then he moves on and says, the wicked are like chaff. Now, I think we drove past some chaff on the way here actually <laughs> they was all blowing in the wind and stuff and it's just gets everywhere it has no it has no grounding it has no roots it just flies 
to and fro with wherever the wind goes. And so none of the, none of the grounded solid truth that the blessed man lives in applies to the wicked man. The her it, it instead of putting their hope in the unshakable word of God, the a wicked man puts looks to money, sex, power, individualism, anything other than God, even things that are culturally culturally good and encouraged by Christianity like charity or good works can be used by the wicked man in his wicked ways. None of these things have the ability to give a man joy. So the wicked are blown to and fro looking for some something to satisfy themselves and yet they always fall short. Because of this, because they don't look to God as their steadfast assurance, then God passes over them and they refuse to delight in him. Current American culture loves to emphasize God's perfect love for all people, but his perfect justice often gets lost in the mix and is forgotten. I see this all the time at Greenville, <laughs> across campus, in chapel, among both faculty and students. Everybody wants to, wants to include everybody, but God doesn't allow for that. He will judge the wicked. <laughs> the wicked will not stand in the judgment, as it says in verse 5. They will have no part in the blessing of the man of God because they ignored the law that God put before them. The psalmist says that sinners will have no association with the righteous. They are radically different people, and therefore they cannot mix. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, as verse 6 says, but the way of the wicked will perish. And again, the contrast here is huge. It's literally life or death. It's either follow God and receive life, or... God will allow you to perish. But this contrast is also seen throughout the whole Old Testament, not just in this one psalm. This, I think this psalm is a great summary of everything before and after it, really. Uh, all the way back to Genesis, when God spoke to Adam and Eve, as Bradley was talking about even. Uh, uh, Adam and Eve were promised eternal life with God, and they were given this they were given the opportunity to live this blessed, this life of the blessed man, and instead they turned and they disobeyed God and they forsook him and ate from the fruit of the tree. And then if you move on to Moses and Israel, they were offered eternal rest with God in the promised land as God's holy people, and yet they still constantly complained and disobeyed disobeyed him as they were making their way to the promised land. They were offered offered this, but still they gave it up. And Moses also acted out in anger before God and disobeyed the law and chose death. So over and over this happens. Even David, I mean David was called a man after God's own heart, and yet it, he still he sinned with Bath, with his fornication with Bathsheba and he with and his jealousy and he ended up forsaking that which God offered him. So every single time that we see this being offered, it comes to nothing. Everybody who is offered this blessed man, this blessed man in Psalm one, does not exist. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we are all wicked. Everyone in this room is wicked. <laughs> Everyone has, no, no one has any reason to receive the blessing of God, and we deserve his judgment. 
But if you look at Romans 3.23, you have to look at Romans 3.24. Because it says <clears throat> that believers are justified as a gift by God's grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. So everyone is wicked except for Christ. Christ is the only not wicked person. He's the only one that fits in this description of the blessed man. He is the answer to the wickedness of man. His death allows us to put on the righteousness of God, even though we are wicked. He took on our sin to give us his righteousness. And this is the ultimate contrast of the Bible. We see this contrast in Psalms, but it's fulfilled in Christ. Those who are wicked have become righteous, and he who is righteous took on the wickedness of man. So let us rejoice in that daily. Uh, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you that we can see your grace and your glory through Psalm 1 and also the whole word of God, that we would help us to remember that and glory in it always. Um, help us to glorify you as well. Thank you that I have the opportunity to preach tonight and help people to go away with a new understanding of you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church in Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.